Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Master amongst gamers, Sage is the king of ring himself. But your boy Thicky Smalls, Gerard Michaels, in the house. Are we live? Are we live? Back in Florida. I'm going to assume we're live because I can't hear anything. So here we are. It's your boy, Gerard Michaels. If you can't hear, that means we're live? I think we're live. It's your boy, Gerard Michaels, here in sunny Boca Raton, Florida. Back after It's not sunny. It's raining. Well, you know, I'm trying to paint a picture for the nice people. Ah, man. Come on. We got to keep it G real, G. It's always. It was nice when I was driving over here, and I got my back to the window. So in my mind, it's sunny. Yeah, well. The sun you, ne- let me tell you otherwise. The sun never sets on a badass, Mick. And to my right at six foot three, two hundred pounds. Speaking of which, and every one of them is a problem. The CEO of the RNC, the master of punks, the tamer of sages, the king of the ring himself, Slick Mick, the ruler, Mickey Gall, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, dog? I'm doing, doing great. Doing well. Doing well. We did more than well on Thursday. Thursday night, we had our very first live audience, live taping of the Slick and Thick show. And it was incredible. Yeah, it was dope. It I was, was really awesome. happy with the way it all came out. Everybody who was there was very pleased. Uh, you know, I got texts, you know, DMs, a whole bunch of messages. Everybody was saying how fun it was. People were saying it was a 12 out of a 10, the show. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. very happy to – I was happy that, you know, I appreciate everybody coming out. They came out in droves. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that we delivered as well. And I mean, come on! What do you expect? I mean, we're we not going to deliver. We no. got some. We got some pictures now. The full episode's going to come out on Friday for people that want to check it out. Friday, uh, the full episode will be out. But um, anytime you want to pull those up, Christian would be great. The pictures, man, like the the event was incredible. We had Jim Miller, the most fights and the most wins in UFC history. We had uh, Roger Matthews from the Jersey Shore. Jay Vinnie, Wow's baby daddy. Jay Wow's baby daddy. And just an all around fucking cool. Just a cool fucking dude. motherfucker. Cool dude. Cool American man. man. Yeah, he's a man. You know? He's a manly yeah. man. We yeah, had yeah. Frankie the Answer, Edgar. Yeah. The champ in the, the champ. tramp podcast. We had none other than the owner, the, the, the king of New Jersey comedy, Vinnie Brand. On the panel with him. We had the great Enzo Amore. There he is. EA rocking his first ever comedy set. Won't be his last ever. Yeah. I think we gave him the bug. I think we gave him the bug. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think uh, I know this is going to be high praise, but he's like his character. It's like it's like dice-like. You know what I mean? Like the way him doing him, mm. he just got to, you know, he comes together, makes some jokes, and like put some time into it. He's got the wit and the... Uh, you know the the pacing and all that stuff. Like, I think he's I think he's gonna do well with the comedy. What do you think as a as a professional comedian? Stage presence, one thousand on a scale of one to ten. Stage presence, a thousand. Yeah, like you know the dude. His he, whole little walkout, his little uh, introduction. He owned like, he owned the stage before he walked on yeah. the stage. You know, so uh, comedy takes time. No matter how good you are, comedy takes time to understand. Sure. You know the the it's it's. It, it's like think about like fighting. You take a badass fighter, street fighter like Kimbo Slice, and then you you go and you do it professionally. Doesn't matter how like, how, like there's a ton of talent and there's a ton of yeah. No, it takes time to just, get good at any of these like arts. You, you just, know what it, I mean? Like you, you gotta just really gotta put refine it a little bit, yeah. you know. And and there's just nothing. There's no amount of talent that can replace the reps, right. you know. And I think look, if Enzo decides to go this route. 
forget it. Give it yeah. a, give it a year and yeah. forget it. This yeah, dude. he's a he's a writer, man. He writes oh. and he you know his he's got like all the um what do they call that uh Lil Wayne always always does and they're, it's supposed to be like in the SATs like this is like that. Yep. What is it freaking called? I'm drawing a blank on it. The analogies? The metaphors? Metaphors. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like his metaphor like I think that's going to translate like super well his 100%. promos to comedy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. John Kirshner, our boy did very well. Nick Bush did very well. Our own Omri, our own producer Omri came in second in the comedy contest. It was it was not beneath him to beg his way onto it, thankfully. He be- <laughs> not beneath him to get on his hands and knees and grovel and beg in the last minute, mind you, to come on. That what on he did? It. I can't really see Omri oh, getting on I, his hands and I knees. Will, I will never not beg for a good spot. And you know what? You took you took the absolute uh, – you took the ball and you ran with it. You did great, Omri. You had a great five minutes. You got good praise from, from Vinny Brand. But – as also probably not the only time this has happened, you were beaten by a girl, Cass O'Malley, with the big W in uh, what she so eloquently phrased as the Meathead uh, talent show, I believe it was. In not her, really wrong. In her, uh, meat, in, in meathead her, Variety Show. Meathead Variety Show. Not wrong. Uh, uh, you might have missed her saying that because she only posted about the show once. But Oh, yeah, we're a little disappointed in Cassie. You were like, yeah, Cassie's going to bring out like 25 people. Yeah. Well, did Cassie bring one person? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And she won. She won, and with uh, she did which, she which did means very, she, she gets to well. be featured as the as the host of uh, Who's That John? Her Who's That John podcast is doing very well. We'll get her on the hot seat, and we'll and we'll uh, next time we're in New York, she'll be a featured guest, and we'll we'll ask her uh, why why her Instagram was broken the the week of the show. Promotion's I'd, important. Yeah, yeah. For, it'd be nice for the yeah if the comedians that were you know putting on uh, brought the people, but. Uh, we we ended up doing a good job of that ourselves. Yeah, you know, you know and and th- that's the thing too. Like, there's this big thing in comedy where it's like, I'm not a bringer. I'm not a bringer. Like, it's like beneath you to have people come out and watch you, you know, to sell tickets. Yeah, it's like, well, there was 130 people there, right? How, how do you think they all got here? Right. <laughs> how do you think they got here? Yeah. You know, this is the, this is one of the things. It's so neat. what I'm a bringer because those people uh, that yeah. came like, like we're bring, when we, I don't I don't get that completely, dude. When when Carol Ann and I toured, we like were, they just want to just show up and yeah, it's like I'm I'm an artist. I'm not you know I'm I'm the artist. It's like no, what you, no fuck that. You know what that I is? Get, I get that. No, that's a that's a cop out because if you can't get. A couple. You don't have that many. Friends. One couple. If you can't get one, worse than that, buddy. If you can't get one couple to come out and watch you perform, do something else. Right. Nobody likes your, your shit. Must not be that good. Nobody likes your shit. Right. And we saw that in we saw that in in the fighting too. The fighters. It was odd watching the the pro am that we went to on uh, Saturday. Um, Maverick MMA. That was really well done. Maverick MMA. That they was an incredibly great. well done show. But. Wasn't it odd that the better fighters had the bigger crowds? Yeah. Like my boy Jared. Jared. Tore, tore the roof off that place. The roof exploded, and Jared came out throwing hands, yeah, man. man. Yeah, you talk about violent. owning the moment violently. Fall violent. That's what I, that's what I like, man. Uh, and then we had Omri up there uh, doing interviews with the guys because Gas Digital is going to be sponsoring their first MMA fighter. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's. I'm uh, not gonna have a, to go pick them up and drive them to places, am I? The the fighter. Yeah, I I think my one day as uh, Omri's intern was enough. <laughs> yeah. I was Omri's. Oh, producer. you didn't like you didn't like the way I treated my interns, G? No, I didn't. 
<laughs> Oops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know. What'd you think uh, of the fights, Omri? That was pretty cool getting, uh, you know, you got like high level media credential. You got to go backstage, kind of go as you please. What'd you think? Oh, oh, it was so fun. I'm so glad I went, dude. It was very, very fun. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. So uh, are you, I mean, I guess you got to come up with the video and stuff, but when are you guys going to be announcing who the uh, the sponsored fighter is? It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to take a while. It's going to take a while. A while. I'm still... Well, because it's not, uh, we're not going to try to do it off of one video. I'm going to try and do it like again and again. It's going to take, it's going to be like a whole like competition thing. It's going to be a process. We're going to start releasing these things and then, you know, drum up interest behind it. All right. So then we should get a Kickstarter for your rental car going now so that we know for the next time we, we can get out there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I First of all, had, wait, wait. Time out. I had money for a rental car and they wouldn't give me a rental car because of credit scores. And I thought if anyone they run in your the credit world, score, yeah, they ran my credit. Uh, I don't have a credit score. Uh, and they wouldn't let me rent a car. I prepaid online, so I thought I'd be fine. So I thought if anyone in mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. would understand me being upset at credit scores, sure. it would be G. I get it. I totally get it. You know, I get that it's a scam, but, you know, we also have to live within the scam, unfortunately, unless we're ready to, you know, hunt humans, as Christian was so great at explaining. Yeah. Not, I, not you, I, Christian. The, the, the bronze star Christian, not the black stripper girlfriend Christian. Just so people don't, if we're following, we understand. Yeah, I was. I, you got me a little worried, Omri. Because uh, yeah. like, you had forces, asked like a, like a month before. Not Rachel's breakfast, And then when you Christian. called me the day of, like, can you come pick me up? I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I just set, I set all this up. I had to send in names. I had to do a whole bunch of shit to make this on the up and up. It has to go through commissions and all this stuff. I got a, you know, I got, they did me favors and then you're, you were like, yes, I'm trying very hard not to bail. I was like, trying hard not to bail? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you, why is this, how is this happening? I'm happy it, it happened. Yeah. But if it well, didn't, if I it didn't, it would have been real mad. I wasn't on. involved in this at all. But you became involved I, in it. I wasn't a part of the production at all. I wasn't a part of the discussions. I wasn't a part of the pitch, but somehow I became the, the driver here. Yeah. You were Omri's intern I and was I was Omri's, his producer. It was, uh, yeah. We, we all know. have our roles to play, G. <sighs> yeah. Yep. We sure do. We sure do. Speaking of, uh, David uh, Adiv, who we had on the show, one of the, one of our, our best guests so far, 2-0. Who, his, by the way, said I won the comedy competition. Well, yeah. That's his, he, listen, David's, David, one David's, of the, from, David's one of the most special people ever. He's not above bias either. <laughs> He, I was, I was a little Israeli, uh, you know, a little Israeli pride there, yeah. a little uh, brotherhood. David, but actually, who, who no, did you I think did won? have, I did the have, Israeli. I did have, yeah, <laughs> I did have other people reach out. Uh, my friend Charlie, who I talked about, uh, mm-hmm. reached out and was like, "Yo, your producer won that man." Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Omri, I thought you had a great. Omri I thought the start thing. of it, huh? Omri did his thing. I thought the, the start of I mean, Omri was was, was hilarious. Did unanimously, right? But Omri did his thing. No, I thought I thought Omri did great. I thought your first uh, like couple minutes where you talk, you know, you're talking about your uh, your your pronoun and your slur, and then your uh, what else did you say? Yeah, your Mexican past. All that that stuff was hilarious, bro. You're uh, you're I like the I like the self deprecate. Keep making fun of yourself, Omri. Keep making fun of yourself. <laughs> the uh, it was very it was very good, man. Who really? You got you start you got it off to a pop. 
who really stole the show though? Vinny, Vinny stole the show. That that uh, his story about his mom and Brian Regan was incredible. That's a, a very very you know heartwarming story. Also, you know his his detailed critiques. Of every oh yeah, he was like Simon Cowell. He was like he was, Simon Cowell. He was in not, there. He told he told Kirster, "Why'd you get tattoos and stop working out? You look like you're in prison." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. And then, yeah, and uh, very opinionated uh, was Vinny, which I, I was very loved. happy for. That's Thank great. God. It would have been God. would have been gay if everyone was just like sucking yeah. a comic's dick. Like, hey, you made me laugh. That was funny. <laughs> like, it was good. He gave, you know what I mean. He gave a good perspective. Sure. Yo, but you talk about stealing the show, Scoop, bro. Jason Scoop. My Jason, boy, Jason Scoop, Scoop crushed it. Jason Scoop. Um, I got a lot. I got a lot of messages about him too. Yes. Yeah, a lot Scoop. of people asking. I think he gained a lot of new fans that. Uh, you know my like MMA community. Sure. Uh, you know they, that they're they're gonna be following Jason Scoop now. Scoop's one of my oldest friends in New York comedy, man, and and um, I, I love that dude. And and you know he got caught up in in like one of these leftist witch hunts back in the day. Otherwise he'd be he you know he, he'd be massive. He'd be on Saturday Night Live. He like his his impression game is unreal. And um, you know just just a good friend of mine for a long time. And he came all the way out from Long Island. To do that, you know, we had some comedians complaining, like, "Oh, I'm only doing five minutes." Scoop came out to do six minutes from Long Island. Yeah, and this is for every young comedian listening to this. All right, beyond promoting the shows, beyond understanding the business side of this thing, right, and coming to terms with that, coming to grips with that, it's not how much time you have, and it doesn't matter if it's on TV. It doesn't matter if it's in a in a short film or in a movie. It doesn't matter if it's on stage. It it's not, not how many beats your heart takes. It's how many moments take your breath away. No, shit. I more or less. No, it's more or less. Let's cut it back again. It was not how many breaths you take. It's how many moments take your breath away. That's right. That's no, right. But, but anyway, I'm sorry. That's I, couldn't right. help, I couldn't help say it. So Scoop came shit. up. He did three minutes twice, and he tore the house down twice, and everybody was talking about Scoop at the end. What yeah. It doesn't matter, Scoop. What was, I'm sorry. Hour. I jumped on your, your – you were going to give information to things. and uh, No, that's pretty I, much I it. You it did it. That, no, you did it. That's, that's it? That's, when you make I mean, the most of your five minutes? It, it, that's it. Crush your five. Yeah. Dominate your five. You know, more is not always more. Sometimes there's a lot of comics, that, especially younger comics, that have been doing like five-minute bits where they have a great five. And then they want to stretch it to do 10 and 15, but the last 10 minutes are terrible, and then nobody remembers the first like five Peter's were good. out. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, then, you know, you're kind of snitching on yourself there. But Scoop came out, came all the way out, and crushed it. And then for the people that were lucky enough to get invited to the after party, stuck around and hung out, Scoop, the show wasn't over. I think we have a little bit of a video that we could pull up. You mean lucky enough. All my people were invited to the after party. Yeah. Everybody. They, but they had to come to the show to be invited to the after oh, party. Oh, right, right. For the yeah. people who were lucky enough, I guess, there was a couple. Show. There was a couple people that didn't come to the show that wanted to come to the after party. It was like, buddy. Are you talking the, the, the uh, impression the, he did? Buddy, I'm, oh, yeah. Well, well, the impressions. Yeah. Yeah. Scoop Scoop was on fire in the after party, man. And then we got we have a little tiny video that shows a you little bit of what he was doing. Yeah. We got to pull. There we go. Let's pull up. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Full, can we full screen this? Yeah. Get to see a little bit of, uh, of Scoop's town. Maybe stretch it out, expand it or something. I, mean, I don't really know how computers work that well either. <laughs> We definitely need sound though. I'm playing Scrabble the other day. With my Italian immigrant father? Have you heard of him? And 
I liked I liked the uh the, I thought that Sebastian impression was great. Through the roof. That was he did, great. He did then he Sebastian, started he went right into Cat Williams. Cat Williams, Bill Burr, George W. Bush. It was like at, at some point, man, it's like, is everything okay in there? You know, it's like <laughs> it's like one of those anime characters that, that gets shaken up too much. Yeah. It's like 14 personalities. Scoop's a beast, man. If you don't know Jason Scoop, check him out. You'll like him. Um he will we'll, uh, you'll see him obviously if you're checking our show yeah. out Friday you'll you'll see you'll see him and all so the other live comics. show comes out Friday Friday the you know the Friday the live show comes out all right cool and uh one o'clock and then it'll be everywhere else uh it's on gas Friday at one which means it goes out everywhere else on Bruh. Sunday Omri is that when it happens wait it's on gas on Friday gas on Friday it's our Friday it's gonna be on gas on Friday episode, yeah. and then the following week. Uh, the following Wednesday, it will be on um, the following Wednesday uh, on uh, YouTube. Sorry, and, I, got, I already got a lot of people asking, um, so I'll let them know. Friday on gas, yeah, and then uh, Wednesday. Speaking of, everywhere. yo, the fir- the first live show was such a success. We already got a request for another city. Yeah, another city. Yeah, May- we don't want to announce it yet, but a big city. In August, big, big, big. All right, big. and and to our our uh, our listeners out there, if you have uh, a spot and uh, want to fly me and G out and give <laughs> us some money, we'll do a live show there. Yeah, you know what I mean. In your we'll, we'll bring we'll we'll bless you guys as well. So for sure, you know, you let us know. But I was a little nervous when. And it was funny that you said this on the live because I had the same kind of thing I was going to say as I stepped off the plane and landed in beautiful Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I stepped outside and I was ready to sm- – I wanted to sniff that Jersey air. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Uh, I'm, home I'm sweet like, home. Yeah, smells are big to me. So I stepped out and I was like ready to breathe in, breathe in that Jersey. And all I smelled was a bonfire. Uh-huh. Straight up bonfire. I was Straight like, hmm, something, something's going on. Something's not right here. Mm-hmm. Then I, I, I get in the car and I start driving. And it's like it, it, the bonfire just persists. Yeah. What happened in Canada, bro? I was like, weed is legal but in Jersey, I, but I, this is too much. I was, this is something else on that. So I was, I, that stressed me out. I had a headache the whole next day. Mm-hmm. We, we got there Tuesday. Wednesday, I was driving around. I went uh, to get a haircut, went to go see uh, Ali at the chop shop, you know, went to the gym. Uh, I was like, fuck, like we are outside. I had a headache all day from yeah. just driving around in the car. I was like, shit, our outside show, like, this might be trouble, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I actually had a, a, a group cancel because of the air. And I was like, you live next to the Linden, Linden Cogen plant. Yeah. And there's a landfill on the other side of you. Like, yeah. I think you can handle a little bit of dusty air. Yeah. Lit, a little bit of, you yeah. can handle a little bit but of dystopian God air. God came down and cleared that shit up. Yeah. That yeah. shit was clear. Clear. It was beautiful. It was, no, no it was Blade Runner the first two days, though. It really oh. was. It was, um, yeah, they said if uh, the Wednesday, where the, ha- the day I happened to be outside in New York all damn day doing pre-production for this thing, the but if you were out on that Wednesday, it was like the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes an hour. Yeah. That's what the air quality yes. was like. Yes, I heard the same thing. It was the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes. I was so hungover. I was hungover Thursday morning before the show. I was like, I, I didn't even drink last night. I didn't like, feel very good on? either. And that at, as, at the end of the day, I went to the gym and I, like, I sparred with my guys at Gracie, New Jersey, moved around a little bit. 
driving home, I had such like a front of the head headache that I don't really like. I never get that, but like, I, it must have been through coming up like my nose, like right in here. It was brutal. Like I remember, like I ate dinner laying down because I was like just feeling like shit. Dude, your boy Jared Rivera. I'm gonna shout him out again. He put on a performance, and the girl yeah. Rachel. Rachel, yeah, she new, was zero and five. She, she was zero and five. Joined and she Gracie, only, New Jersey. This is her first fight under the Gracie, New Jersey banner. She came out, represented well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and zero now. Gracie, New Jersey. She's one and zero. Yeah, yeah. As a Gracie, New Jersey fighter, she's one and zero. And uh, I was surprised when I heard that she was zero and five because she moves really well. Uh, she, you know, she, she's good. She's good. But that, that's charge that to the game, man. There's, there's so many ways to lose fights. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, that's why, that's what makes MMA so fun. Like mm-hmm. any guy, at, especially, you know, can beat any guy, any night or any girl can beat any girl. Yeah. Any night. The, uh, now we, the most controversial fight of the evening was the kid from Jackson losing, uh, the decision to the, the Irish kid. I didn't think it was that controversial. You thought the Irish kid I thought kid the Irish kid won for sure. Mm. I, or not for sure. I thought it was close. Uh, I was actually I actually called that fight. Had to get some practice before I go over to Columbia. Columbia. Before I go to Columbia, the kids going international. I'm going to Columbia and I'm going to be doing some commentating out Joe there. Just soy commentator. Yeah, for Empire MMA. But I got a little bit of practice in at the Maverick card, and I got to, I I uh, hopped in, called three fights uh, with uh, the great Sean Fuchs and Eric Kowal uh, of uh, My MMA News, but. Um, I thought for sure that the that uh, Mike won. Watching it McCaffrey, live, Mike McCaffrey. It looked like the 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 wrestler from Jackson did enough to win, and he looked like he. Oh, we got married in a fever, hotter than a pepper sprout. <laughs> We've been talking about. I don't know Jackson. Really? Ever since the fire went out, I don't know. You, you stumped me. You don't know one. Johnny Cash, bro? I, I love Johnny Cash. Which yeah, one well, is Johnny? Which it's Johnny it's called, song's called Jackson. Jeez. I need Johnny to, Cash, June Carter Cash. I need to check yourself. Refamiliarize myself with the entire man's catalog. Yeah. <laughs> but, Obviously. But what's even? But now, as much as I thought maybe that kid won after the fight, and maybe this isn't fair. The Irish kid looked like he, he, you know, he just ran five miles. He had a little sweat going, but the kid from Jackson looked pretty busted up. So yeah, I mean, he dropped the first punch he threw of the fight. He dropped the kid and he mashed that kid's face on that first shot. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, he got taken down. He he definitely lost the third round. Um, I, think I believe his name is Mike McCaffrey. Uh, he definitely lost the third round, but I thought he won the second as well. Mm. Yeah, LJ gave me a real interesting one about Jared because Jared was up. Uh, he might have been up ten eight, ten eight after his first two rounds. He dominated the kid. First I bet two you. Rounds I bet so you bad. it's the exact same thing I said to the in the corner down there. So I was asking LJ and LJ. By the way, LJ Raboli, who's a like LJ's like a savant. Like he's a he's a six three one forty five pound fighter. One of the most talented. He's my little brother. Like he's he's literally we we came up at that gym since we were like. He was, I think he was 13 and I was 16. So we've been, uh, you know, he's everywhere, every UFC fight I've been to. He's been there every, you know, fight he's had. I've been there. We've been to, we were actually at it, at uh, where we, the Wind Creek, where mm-hmm. we were. He had a kickboxing fight when he was like 16. Really? He took it and it was just me and him there. Sands I went, back then. Went and found him at the Sands, yeah. The Sands. Now it's called Wind Creek. Uh, but yeah, the old Sands at Bethlehem. Yep. Um, but yeah, LJ's, he's beyond talented as a, not just like, 
in his fighting skills, but his like analytical side and like his coaching, like he's he's a one. So I, I'm interested to hear what you're gonna say, and I bet you it's the same shit I was saying. Well, I wondered. I wondered, you know, what what is the mentality of a fighter who knows 100% knows they're up two rounds to none going into that third round? Do you take your foot off the gas and you just try to get to the end? Do you throw caution to the wind and go for the finish? What what do you do? And what he thought was he said something that initially sounded counterintuitive to me because in my mind you go for the finish for like 10 seconds 20 seconds and then you just run around and take your win he said the exact opposite yeah what you're saying is dumb apparently so what he said is the guy is going to try for the uh, to come out super hot for 30 seconds to try to steal the victory you know that guy needs to remember we talked about open scoring yep that guy knows he's down. He didn't need open scoring to know he was down two rounds. He got yeah. beat up and slammed each round. Yep. So he knows he's got to come in. He's got to get a finish. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come in there swinging and banging and trying sure. to make it happen. Yep. Yeah. So you, you stem the tide for 30 seconds and then at, let the guy punch himself out and then go for the finish. Yeah. Uh, basically. I mean, each fight, each fighter, it's going to be different. But what I was very proud of with Jared was his patience there. Because when the second round ended, if he had – you know, 20 seconds more, he's probably knocking the kid out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He had a had kid, you know, on Queer Street ready to go. Um, then he, he came out in the third, and he was very patient. He, he was Shout waiting. out to Pride Month, waiting. by the way. Yeah, that's why I said it. He was waiting. I, I was, yeah. <laughs> he was waiting and really took his time and didn't rush. He didn't feel like I need to do something right now. If, if it's not there, it's not there. Sure. A lot of times guys will, you know, they force stuff. If you're forcing it, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're forcing shit, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, is that like one of those um, things where it's kind of a pride comes before the fall moment where you're thinking more, uh, you're not in the moment, you're thinking more like, oh, I need this knockout to get seen by the UFC or something like that, or it'll look better if I get I, this. I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. What do you mean? As opposed to being like a smart fighter, maintaining patience, taking the easy W, you know a knockout is worth more. Well, look, in- it's at the, at the same time, man, it's very easy to uh, – you know, Monday morning quarterback, a, a fight. Now, now, Christian, you've had a couple amateur fights yourself, right? It's different. You're in the shit when you're in there. You know what I mean? Like you're in it. It's when I, um, I was actually talking about this in the com, uh, the commentary booth. When you, like, I see fighters like in their first fights and stuff. It's probably just like a blur. Like you're just like ah, fight, 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 right? But then. The more seasoned you get, the more all right, relax, read, react, read, react, the more calm kind of you are, and you're like you're seeing things differently. Mm. When you're just in the shit, you're just going and you're forcing stuff and punch over it. You know what I mean? You're just yeah. one to the next to the next to the next. But when you can be calm, cool, collected, that's when you're really the most dangerous. And with experience, that comes. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris, did you ever experience the uh, adrenaline dump? Did you ever oh, yeah, adrenaline I was dump? literally, literally about to say that the adrenaline dump for your mm-hmm. first couple fights is crazy. You mm-hmm. could probably relate, Mickey, but um, I don't know if you remember that far back for, for your first, for <laughs> of course your first, I do. <laughs> I, of course your I first do. fight or, or so. But yeah, the adrenaline dumps. I've only had like crazy. 15 fights, including like my amateur ones, and you know, I've had yeah, 11 in actually, the UFC. Yeah, that's actually crazy. And yeah, but uh, yeah, I um, you know, I, I I guess I do remember that. But at the also, it's it's two minute rounds. If you you know what I mean. If you're signing up to take a fight, and you can't last like six minutes with a with a break in between each, what what are we doing? You're probably not gonna gonna translate to a very good pro fight. I mean, the first my first fight hitting mitts for 
one minute, two minutes, completely gassed just because of the adrenaline dump. In the like in the racing. locker room. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you had so, it in the locker room. Uh, so yeah, yeah, often. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not during the fight. It was like an hour before the fight. Yeah, for me. Yeah, like heart. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, my, boom mine, like in diamond gloves between the first and the second round. Like I couldn't get off up off the. That's what I mean. Once I'm like, once yeah, I'm in there. I'm I've in seen. There. I've seen guys like who have their first fight and they like are coming out and they're like pumping up the that crowd. Yeah. They're pumping up the crowd. They're jumping up and down, jumping mm -hmm. up and down, jumping up and down. Like yeah, like feeling the moment, feeling themselves. And then round like at the end of round one, they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They almost didn't let me you know? fight. My blood pressure. I I, I was uh, and I was in good shape back then. But the the uh, I've been drinking like Red Bulls all day to get like pumped up. Now yeah. I know it's like apparently the Dumb. worst thing you can possibly do for yourself, like drying myself out, and and the they um, they take like your blood pressure and like your vitals before. Yeah, and I had a fight canceled like that. I was the one. The, I, I, I some my opponent had was drinking Red Bull, and it, the fight got canceled. And I had sold over a hundred tickets really? to the fight. Yeah. So I had like all like I had so many like friends and family there, mm -hmm. and I didn't get to fight. It was Oof. brutal. I I was about to do that to that guy. And the uh, Danny Doyle was able to talk her into it. And be yeah. like, you know, yeah. I tried look, talking them into that. They were not. I was. I was. Does this look like a guy devastated. concerned about blood pressure? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, but the adrenaline dump between the first and second round for somebody that's never experienced adrenaline dump, I don't know how to explain it. It's like your body just shuts off for five minutes. It's like you're, you're telling your arm to get up, and your arm's like, Meh. and then like yeah. it's it's not it has it's not a cardio thing. It's it's a. It's, a it's, like a, it's a chemical thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a neurological impasse. Your your brain just is like no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually I don't know what the. Uh, I guess it just you know your adrenaline gets jacked up and then it all comes down and it, mm -hmm. it, it just it uh, elicits a lot from your body, right? I'd I'd be interested to know what the uh, the actual like the science, science behind, the science behind it. it. Yeah, I wonder but, if it's like I mean, a fight or flight sense. type of a thing. You yeah. Know? It's like you see like guys that do those. Then you kind of realize, all right, this isn't that crazy, and then you're you're really you relax. Because yeah, you never get to that peak, right? So the more you do it, the less likely you are to get that adrenaline spike like that, yeah. you know. And and I don't know, maybe there's a doctor watching this. Maybe maybe one of the doctors that uh, watched our show and uh, diagnosed me with ADHD could tell us what. Uh, I what... got an article right here. Pull it up. Let's see what it says. I can't read that. You could read that. Stress hormones unleash a surge of energy. Was explained, blah 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 blah. Sutherland found that the adrenaline accelerates the breakdown of sugar in the liver to provide quick energy during moments of stress. He later discovered that the hormone stimulates individual cells in two steps. First, it latches onto the receptor of the cell surface, and then it's just a bunch of science talk. I won't go into that, but oh, thank goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like you give your body a mental liver shot. Is that kind of the idea? Here? It it's does like, look like it's an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, adrenaline dump. Weird. Yeah. Some of that stuff's odd. Another thing that's odd, I don't know. Did you see the ESPN article about uh, about Oliveira? Yes. Charles Oliveira. Yes. Who is fantastic. Charles Oliveira oh, is yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, uh, man, I'm, you're about to make me go off in a his, second, bro. His story is fantastic as well. What I don't understand about this article, and who, who wrote this article, Christian? Like some guy who like like grew up. No, un, like watching basketball and baseball. I'd really need to know who. Yeah, we should know who. Uh, this isn't Mark Raimondi, is it? Is it Mark Raimondi? Because he's actually like a like a legit uh, MMA coverage. I I assume this. Remember when uh, Stephen A. Smith? Yes. Uh, did was like being like talking about how Cowboy quit. And yes. Quit. Yes. Like yeah. obviously Stephen A. You should stick to basketball because you don't Joe understand. Which Joe Rogan, you to his credit, said Rogan, like Rogan let him know. Bro, come on. But 
it, yeah, in this article, they're they're like trashing, ba- basically trashing like Jim and and they like Nick Lentz. Yeah, and n- both of those dudes are some of like the fucking hardest, most badass dudes I know. You know, yeah. like like th- those are those are real like legit seasoned vets to like, the point tough where guys. Dustin Diamond Poirier credited Jim Miller. Oh, for with sure. helping him develop the plan he used to defeat McGregor. Right. The most pain Dustin ever. Okay. <laughs> the most pain Dustin was ever in in the cage was when he uh, fought Jim Miller. I was actually at that fight. That was at the Barclays in Newark. And Jim Miller has one of the most powerful leg kicks oh, ever. Does he? Let me tell you something, brother. He didn't give you the real one. He gave you. He threw with his right leg. Jim's a southpaw. Oh boy, that's an inside leg kick. I, Jim has countless times kicked my leg out where I t- have. I take a. I like. He kicks my leg out from under me where I. You like taking in. He's done that to. I bet you any anyone in Jersey who's uh, been lucky enough to train with him. Yeah, did kick, to a, kick did the to leg a, right out. Boom. A very kindly podcaster having a a, a, a wonderful evening. Yeah, um, well, you know he he ended up uh, beating up. Uh, Poirier's leg so bad I think he like broke something in it And but you know when you're throwing whipping leg kicks like that think you're catching some of that shit too Has so to. it's a it's a badass thing to do because you're just throwing your bones yeah. at his bones and be like yeah my, motherfucker I bet my bones are tougher <laughs> I bet I'm tougher that I'm gonna just take that my nerves aren't gonna feel the pain but going back to the article I don't know what's wrong with ESPN and also Daniel Cormier specifically because they're talking a lot of fucking shit on Jim Miller. Really? And it's absolute. It's so unfounded, so ridiculous. Daniel, I think I feel like they're piggybacking Cormier because him on his show uh, on ESPN was saying he doesn't think Jim Miller's a UFC Hall Hall of Famer, mm. which is so ridiculous. The guy with the most fights and the most wins of most all. Most fights and most wins, Jim Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not done yet. He's still going. He just had a 23-second knockout. <laughs> Look, I think Cormier's a, a little bit of a hater, and I also think it's it's be and I think it's it's a little bit of a case of like the the fucking Brendan Shobbs, where you you gotta do you gotta go there and talk all the time, so you just start getting like like stupid with it. You start it, you you water down what you know like your points and your who you are and your messages mm. because you just have to put out content and material and you took a stupid ass take. It was a dumb ass take. Uh Jim had a great take in response to Cormier. You know what he said? What did he say? He said, "Hey Cormier, I had the same record that you have when I had as many fights as you." I just did it longer. Wow. I just kept doing it. I just didn't quit. He wow. he kept going. What's that say, Christian? It says, I don't feel like time... <sighs> what is going on here, brother? It says, I don't feel like time served immediately puts you in the Hall of Fame. Look, he's got more wins than anyone else. I love Jim Miller, and this makes it hard for me. But I just don't feel like time served puts you in the Hall of Fame. But It's not time, It's not like he's out there getting... It's not like it's he's, not, just, he's just fighting. He's just fighting and losing. Like he's like, what's the, like that, that's like he has the most wins. Yeah, they're treating him like One he's the, a can out here. Nah, like, fu- that's what I'm saying. Like fuck DC for that shit, man. Like you need to put more respect. I like on DC. Jim, put I'm more a respect big, on I'm Jim a big Miller's DC name. Fan. I think he. I think he talks kind of like like wild about uh, people, and you know, I just think I don't know. I think he should do better if he's going to be a person in, you know, he's he's a fighter. A fighter you should be given you should you should be given more love than like what he's doing. Like he's like uh 
It's like it's like sometimes listen to his commentaries, even like watching with like a civilian. Where he's like, oh, he's doing this bad. It's like shut the fuck up. Really? Maybe the other guy's doing something good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's an interesting perspective. And also, you want me to take it even a step further? Keep going. Talking about Oliveira, how Oliveira, and Oliveira is a guy who I, I really like because you got him and Poirier, Max Holloway. We saw these guys when they were in their 20s, like win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Win, you know what I mean? And now sure. they're all three of those guys are at the top. Mm-hmm. Right? Extended. Yeah, because it, if you're, especially if you're going to get in the UFC young, like you're going to have to take some like learning lessons along the way. Sure. But but you you know you eventually you can you can pull out of that. Yeah. You can. It seems like the UFC is all about runs. You get on a good run, you have a good two three year run. You win nine fights in a row, and and you know you're you're rocking and rolling. It's about it's about peaking at the right time. You know, you get you 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 stay you tread water. You do everything you can do. Not a lot of guys come into the UFC. Yeah, maybe maybe. Because look, it's competitive, but it's like in any other sport. It's it's. Well, you, if you get there later and you're more seasoned and you had more fights, but what I'm saying is when you're there, when you're there early, because I can speak to this too. Mm-hmm. I've lost fights that I shouldn't have lost because I didn't have the experience that I, you know, should have had. Which fights do you think? If you, if you had, it doesn't matter. The point. I have a, I have a bigger point, um, and that's about how I love like seeing the guys like. Uh, Poirier and Oliveira, Max Holloway, because it's like inspiration for me. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but they're talking. They're talking shit about Jim Miller and Nick Lentz. Like you said in the article, they're like losing to the likes of of like a Jim Miller and call and saying a journeyman Nick Lentz. Yes. That that's a direct quote. It's mm-hmm. fucking bullshit. Nick Lentz is no journeyman. Nick Lentz was in was in the top ten. Nick Nick Lentz was a was a you know hard nosed uh, like r- fighter. A genius level IQ, who we need to have out on the podcast. Matter of fact, if anything, the uh, the point of the article was to make Oliveira look better and to make Oliveira, you know, the oh, case. Oh, by the that, way, Oliveira got took his first loss against Jim Miller. Yeah, so they were using that as like they were using that as like the uh, to to show how much better he's. Gotten. He fought Nick Lentz like three times. Where he, he, he used to he used to lose to these guys, dude. I mean, at at that division in that sport. It's it's fifty fifty every night. Everybody is so freaking good in that division, that sport. You know, it's it's who wins, who has the better night. You know, I don't I don't think it's you know like it's it's not like Amanda Nunez where you know the, when she retires the division's over. Nobody cares anymore, right? It's not like one of those situations. I mean, there's there's how many fighters in in that division? I mean, really, when you're talking what you're talking, you're talking one fifty five, one seventy, and maybe one eighty as the most competitive divisions in the UFC. Yeah, one no, uh, it's one eighty five, but no, nah, it's probably one forty five, one fifty five, one seventy. You think one forty five is more competitive than the one eighties? Yeah, one eighty five. Yeah, one eighty five. Yeah, I do. And most people agree with that because that's the size, like that's like kind of the average size of males. There's going to be the most people that size. You know what I mean? A one forty five er is like a. A guy who walks around at like 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. A 155er is going to be a guy who walks around at about 180 pounds. A, a 170 is going to be a guy who walks around at like you know 190, 200 pounds. If there was a that's U- the, that, those are the sizes of most athletic males. If there was a UFC absolute tournament, if there was a UFC absolute, could a UFC 145 champ stand any chance against a John Jones? I mean, I think I think John Jones is the best fighter in the world. It's hard to argue that point. It's uh, that's very hard to argue that point. It might be it might be the greatest 
martial might, might be the greatest combat athlete of all time in any sport. I mean, you know, if there was a UFC absolute, the the weight classes would matter, though, right? Like you, that's the reason why there is weight classes. Yeah, I mean, it would matter. It's not like the idea that um, I mean, is it the, the UFC? Do they still think like the way boxing used to? Whoever was the heavyweight champion was known as the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Is the, does the UFC look at the heavyweight? Well, now that the, way? now now you know who the baddest man on the planet is it's the UFC guy because boxing is just one discipline. Mm-hmm. I'll take in a real fight, like a no, like a you know, a fight, fight, no rules, whatever. We're just on an island. You can do whatever. No boxer's gonna beat. No boxing heavyweight's gonna beat a UFC heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Well, know. right now it's right now it's contested to see who's the baddest man on the planet because Jones is not gonna fight Ngannou. A lot of people are saying that Ngannou is the baddest man on the planet. So the PFL has the baddest man on the planet, not the UFC. Right? Yeah, people are saying that. Well, yeah, Ghana's a badass too. But what my point is is MMA. That's that's any MMA. Yeah, it's it's a MMA. That that that's the point. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. What do you think of? Uh, did you see any of John Gotti and uh, Mayweather? I did. What'd you think my of boy him going John Gotti? Six man. going six rounds with Mayweather there. Man, I, I I didn't get to watch the whole fight, but I obviously saw the brawl afterward. So I gotta I I, I need to know what happened more in the fight. And anybody here see it? No Christian, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I need to see the the whole fight. Uh-huh. I was sleeping. Yeah, I heard he was the best guy around. Who? The best guy around. What? <laughs> no, <it's> a, <laughs> what murder? It's a very famous quote going around online. Thank you, Christian. Christian gets it. It's very, very famous. What is it from? It's not that famous. Is it more famous than than uh, Johnny Cash song? Maybe recently. It depends on generationally. Yeah. What is what, it? It's someone going to tell me or we're just going to be like, just <laughs> pull, pull it up, famous. Christian. Pull it up. Pull it up. If you, you look up uh, news, news, uh, newscaster asks Queens guys about John Gotti. Uh, that's. Oh. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about uh, John Gotti Senior. Yeah, John the, Gotti gets the, arrested, and uh, so there's John Gotti Senior, John Gotti Junior, and yeah. then there's John Gotti the Third. That's who fought Floyd Mayweather. John Gotti Junior's son. Correct. That's right. His grandfather, John Gotti. Yes. So there's a very there's a famous clip going around. It's like a, a great meme, and uh, they're asking guys in Queens about you know what do they think about John Gotti who just got arrested, and they were like he's the best guy around. They were like, well, he's accused of murder. What murder? <laughs> it's so funny. It's really really funny. And the whole thing is, no, like, I agree with them. What murder? <laughs> if you're if you're not like this, know. you can't be in my friend group. Yeah, that's the idea there, man. <laughs> If you if you get to a Christian, so what's what's going on with you, Mick? How's your training going, man? It's good. I'm just back at uh, Barwis today. Mm-hmm. Got my little little shit on. You know hey, what I mean? Got my Barwis, little battle bars. Did my did my legs? Battle bars. Barwis, battle bars. Battle scar. Hey, how about another casual uh, another casual repost from a uh, friend of the program, Pat McAfee? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike yeah. was Mike was uh, talking about that today. Was he? Yeah. 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 Hold the hold the. He should be. He should do more of those. He's a very motivational guy. He should yeah. be putting out like a Man, motivational. We'll, quote. we'll invite him back on soon. Oh, for sure. I got the clip right here. Pull it on up, Chris. Here we go. He was the best guy around. What about the people he murdered? What so murder? <laughs> he was the best guy around. What about the people he murdered? What so murder? All right, I feel like that's a little specific. 
You you knew that was right away, huh, Christian? He's shaking his head no. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. All right. All right, whatever. Maybe I spent too much time online. It's very true. I probably. I probably do. Yeah. I probably do. What we got in the comments, Omri? Anything good? We, sorry about that. We got one question for Mick from our old friend Ricky Ricardo. Hey. He says, how far up do you think your uh, heart rate goes when you're in the middle of a fight? Like when you're in a round? Um, I don't know exactly, but I, I know my sh- my thing could go over 200 beats per minute. Um, I don't know exact, but I, I used to wear a whoop. Whoop. Uh, when I trained, whoop whoop. Uh, I used to wear one of those when I trained, and uh, that thing would go up to like over two hundred. Um, at like my max, like my peak. What's your resting heart weight? Oh, resting my heart, my heart weight. What's your wet thing heart weight? What's your wet thing heart weight? What's your wet thing heart weight? What? Baby talk for the rest of the time. Wet, what's your wet thing uh, heart weight? My resting heart weight, I think, is uh, I'm trying to remember. When, I, when I'm, like, in camp and, like, in, like, shape and stuff, it's, like, in, in like, the high 30s. Mm-hmm. When I'm in, like, really, like, really good shape and, like, train a lot, so you'll be, like, as low as 37, as high as, like, 41. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yours? 70. <laughs> well, this isn't resting. Resting is when you, like, first wake up. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. So uh, now mine's probably. I wake up. Now I'm sure mine's over. Mine's I over say 60. It's a good day. Yeah. Still, I wake up. It's still. I, I wake up. Bro, it's we, a good when day, are bro. we going to get you a CPAP machine? Bro, you know. We need you. Why don't you, you mind your own business, buddy? Fromer said you looked really good. Our boy Jeff Fromer yeah. was saying you looked really good. He said he looked like you, uh, you've you lost a Mickey since he's last seen you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you I, hear that? He thinks you lost 215 yeah, that's, pounds. Uh, that, that was a big topic of conversation after the show was, uh, was how good i looked but it was really um it made you think about how bad you must have looked before it was the way that they gave me the compliment that yeah. was really a disrespect yeah, yeah yeah they kept being like man wow you look really good i'm like thanks man because you didn't before. Yeah, yeah. I'm like uh, no i know that's why that's why you make the changes yeah but no i you were disgusting no i get it no thanks but like no you no, look, no no like you look good don't stop you still no. have a long way to go well okay this is so Anyway, thanks for coming, Mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Uh, yeah, what are you was... down to? What's your What's your weight at nowadays? I don't know. I, I, they still don't have scales that heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't you gotta know. go I, on I, like an industrial. I gotta, go to, I gotta go to the junkyard and get it checked out. <laughs> you know, I just haven't been able to schedule the lift. You gotta go to the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. Gee, they got they got truck weights at almost every rest stop. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's true. You have to go to a truck stop for the for the truck weights. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's less than it was and more than it should be. That's somewhere. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations. I feel great about it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. You're welcome. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I like it. See, again, the problem becomes like, you know. Just, Why did does did you just get depressed? It seems a little yeah, depressed, sad. huh? Yeah, in the arms of an angel. Like, somebody plays some Sarah McLaughlin over here. Yeah. It's like, it should have been like, you know, why didn't everybody like, man, you look really good. That's, just stop there. You know, like, yeah. the, the second part of it can be implied. You don't have to go deep Well, this is it. good advice for people who want to compliment their friends who may have been a big, gross fatty and then became... <laughs> 
and then uh, became you know more like a normal looking human that yeah. could fit through yeah. doors. I've been so she did have to walk through doors like this. I've been I've been so delusional for so long that I I just always thought of myself as that two hundred and thirty pound athlete. So like even like I'm like looking at it and like hey, really? you know a couple. Couple days of dieting, I'll be back. You know, <laughs> they got me in striking distance. Yeah, I'll. Uh, you know, right? I just skip skip breakfast a couple times. I'll be all right. Yeah, eh, it's nothing. nothing that's that that's bad. good advice, man. That's good yeah. advice. Yeah, look, it's uh, it sucks. It sucks as you get older. It sucks when you you know. It's just yeah. Part of it. It's part of it all. But the uh, yeah, look, it's not great. I mean, it's it's good to get a compliment, but also at the same time, it just goes to show you you can't. But they can't comp. They can't really. I mean. I don't know. It's like I don't. I feel like you're almost being a little sensitive about it because you're not that anymore. Yeah, but that's what it is. That's the problem. What do you mean? That's what it is. That's the that's the real problem, right? Is whatever any sort of fuck up that you've done in your life, there is no getting over it. It's there forever. So if you're looking for external validation, you're you're in big trouble. We talked about this on on the American Glutton podcast with Ethan Suplight, which was you know pretty cool, and it was, you know got very vulnerable on that one. But the 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 bottom line is, man, if you know you got to handle your own business, and compliments are just as much of a of a trap as disrespects, right? Like the people who disrespect you, you can use that as motivation and stuff like that, but at the same time, you start when you start using disrespect as motivation, you start seeking out that disrespect. Like you can get 100 compliments and only listen or worry about the one person that has something negative to say. Right. You know, that's a trap online where you get like 100 people who like your stuff, but then the one person who says something negative, that's the person you interact sure. with. That's the person you argue with and you spend an hour of your life arguing with yeah, this idiot. But then you're also training the people who follow you like, oh, that's how you get my attention and my affection. So then you're training right. your people to be disrespectful to you. You know, um, it, you, you really... If, especially if you're going to be in some sort of a public um, life, you have to figure out a way to immunize yourself from external validation, it, it, especially the compliments, because the compliments are addicting. There's nothing like attention from an attractive female. There's nothing like getting respect from another male that you respect. These are these are what why we do things in life. You know that that kind of it's almost like tribal. It's it's that oh I'm 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 part of the tribe. I'm doing good. Like there's there's something intrinsic yeah, to man, it. It's important in life not to let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. Yeah. You can't let the compliments make you feel like yeah yeah I'm the shit and let that be your source of sure. validation and pleasure. You got to know that shit yourself. Know that you're you know, practicing discipline and doing the right things, the hard things in your life. That's what's going to give you actual validation, real validation that you can actually be proud of yourself. And it's the same way, like when someone says something shitty, you yep. can go like, yeah, I know I'm, I know what I'm doing. I, think I know, you know, I know who I am. I agree with you, but I'd go even deeper than that. I agree with you. I think you have to figure out a way to insulate yourself from external validation completely. And it's about the mission. It's about the goals. Now, you could take life as a feedback loop, right? So if you're getting certain feedback about certain things, it's good to interpret that and make whatever changes you need to make accordingly. If everybody's like, dude, you're an asshole, 
you should yeah, at some you point should be like, yeah, be like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know yeah, I'm yeah. At some point, well, there's pause for self evaluation, right? But if you're very mission oriented, goal oriented, that is how you get on track. And then the compliments that you get along the way, uh, and the hate that you get along the way. You're able to like just kind of like thank you and keep it moving. Thank you and keep it moving because that's here in the now, and my mind's already in the future. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm not sitting here going like, "Hey man, that's great." I'm already thinking about what's next. I'm already thinking about what we have to do next. Like, "Hey man, that show was great." The second it ended, we got that call to do another show. I'm thinking about that show. We're 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 on to it. We're on to the next thing. Like. As long as you're mission-oriented and goal-oriented, you can kind of insulate yourself. And I think when my life really fell apart and I gained all the weight and became an alcoholic and I lost purpose to a 100%, I lost purpose and I didn't care about the future because I really, if I'm being 100% honest, I didn't want to live. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So the idea of working towards a future that I didn't care to see. This wasn't, you know, not like... Well, how do you feel uh, then compared to now? I feel in better control of my life. Why? Because there's there's a purpose and there's a process. How do you find a purpose if you don't have one? That's the hardest part, man. That's the, that is the million-dollar question, man. Well, what did you do? I failed at a couple things. I failed at a bunch of things. I made things worse before they finally got better. You know, you you just you kept you keep you keep going. You keep going. You keep going. I was I was in business. I made money. I lost money. Uh, I became a business owner. Blew that. Even worse, blew my my friends who invested in me. Blew uh, your friends. Yeah, that's get, a how, real low, brother. How do you how do you think I got real low? How do you think I got the money, bud? <laughs> so the. Uh, yeah, you know, finding that purpose is, is, I wish I knew how. I wish I could tell people how to do it because that is the magic elixir. Um, I think that's enough of a, of a roadmap, you know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, purpose, community, finding uh, shit that you like, shit that makes you feel alive and makes you happy. Yeah. You know, you just, you, you go towards that. Yeah, for sure. I also think um, really... Try to identify where in your programming things went wrong. Like this idea that just because you're smart, right, or you did well in school doesn't mean that you should take up a trade, right? Like if I had it to do over again, man, like, man, I should have just been a firefighter or some shit. I should have just like been a – like like you're – this idea like if you're intelligent or you're ambitious, your career has to define you. Like, I need to have this really impressive career and make this really impressive amount of money. That's, to, a, that's uh, external uh, pressures. For sure. But that's, but that's bil- that you make up. I, that's where I disagree with you. I, all right, well, I disagree I think that right that's, back. I think that that's built into uh, the I, I think school curriculum. Could, I think someone who's within uh, – yeah, maybe. Maybe, but that, then that's conditioning. That's not – That's what I'm talking about, programming. All right, but, uh, but, but that – Sure, we're all we're all ha- have to undergo some sort of programming, but you can you have you to know, identify you we all have that to pro- that you've been programmed in that way, right? Because I don't know about you, maybe it was different for you guys, but for where I went to school in Old Bridge, New Jersey, and shout out to everybody who came out to see the show, love y'all. 
But where we went to school, I had a, a guidance counselor straight up tell me that for, for people that don't know, baseball, you talk about getting screwed, NCAA screws baseball players. You're not draft eligible for three years if you go to a four-year school. So one of the best things to do if you're a really good baseball player and your goal, your dream is to play professional baseball is to go to a JUCO. It's so much smarter than going to a four-year school. But I had a guidance counselor straight up tell me people with 1,400 SATs don't go to community college. All right, but why are you taking your advice from a guidance counselor? Because you're a kid. Who do you take advice from? I, I mean, it's I, I guess it's easier in hindsight, but I don't know. You're you telling gotta, you didn't you didn't take advice from you? you uh, I don't know what a guidance who my guidance counselor was. I, listen, may, maybe I'm an anomaly, but I don't think I am. I think there's a think lot of I either. think there's a lot of people that man. Get advice. Are we going to talk about how dumb a lot of school system is? Let's Again, go. Like we've done sure. this. We've done this before. We know we know it's not. It's it's to make worker bees and tell you to go to school and go be a part of the system and do all that shit. But there's you. I'm not saying to, you need to juke the system 100, percent but you, but you have to, live to your identify. Truth. You have to identify that that's part of your programming. You have to like be able to see. You talked about I think it before. We have to live our truths, and we have to our children and the people we uh, come part. We have to in, encourage them to live their tr- truths and not just be not just be like ah, go to school and there's your new you know there's your new mommy and daddy. You listen to whatever they say, and everything they say is Bible. Like it's crazy. I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. Do you <laughs> see? Do you see somebody? If you would, if you had been, let's say you decided not to be a fighter, right? And you became a construction worker. Do you think you would have been conditioned to see that as a failure? Would I have been conditioned to see that as a failure? Yeah. Would the um, people in your life think like, wow, you're living out your potential if you had been a construction worker? I feel like you want me to say no. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking a, a legitimate question. I, I don't know. I think it would it would because I, it, I come from a, a family of construction workers. I think it's I think I think it's really it's different strokes for different folks. If if I was a construction worker and was happier than I I am now as a fighter, mm-hmm. then I would say it was a win. Of course, but I, I that's that's kind of the point I'm making, is that if you are intelligent or if your aptitude is good, if your scores are high, there there's they do everything they possibly can. To dissuade you from becoming a trade worker or a construction worker, you have to go to college. You're too smart to do this. You're too blah 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 blah, right? If you you know to the point where there was friends of mine that became construction workers right out of school, and me and my friends would be like, oh, so and so like so and so fucked up. So and so didn't go to college. So like, and that was right. the way we were brought up to believe. I guess I I kind of get that too. I think like it was in so. Yes, I, I know. Like it was important to, for my family for me to go to college, and that's probably their conditioning. You know hugely, what I mean? hugely. You know, my you know it was such a big deal. My dad, you know, my dad went to college. My dad paid his way through college. That was such a big thing because my uncle right. Stevie and him were the only two guys to go to college yeah. in the family, and they looked at that like well, I'm one of the only two guys to go to college, and like it's a huge achievement. Meanwhile, over the 25 years. Maybe my maybe my dad made a little more money than my uncles, but he worked twice as much. Is the quality of life as good? Are the benefits as good? Yeah, are, the pen, are the pen, is the pension as good? I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And that again, just to circle back to to the beginning and why it's important is because you have to overcome that programming and say, man, fuck this. I got to live my life for me. That external validation. I don't give a shit if people think fucking running a pizzeria is beneath me or whatever the fuck that is. You know? 
Yeah, yeah man. Ha- live your live your truth. Half of that anxiety and depression comes from this idea that you're failing to meet these expectations that you think other people are putting on you when motherfuckers aren't even thinking about you. Nah, man. If, if like and uh, I've heard this before. Like if you let's say you ever did something embarrassing. Like let's say you're out. And you're like, oh, I, I hope I didn't. You wake up like, oh, I hope I didn't do anything ba- dumb or be. Everybody's thinking about themselves. They're not really. You'd have to do something pretty spectacular for them to be thinking the next day about, oh, uh, remember what Jose did or, or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you. Everyone's thinking about their own shit. Mm-hmm. They're not. People aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are. But that's okay. But that's never happened to you where you woke up, you had a big night, you were you're drunk as hell, blacked out, and you like before you even opened your eyes, you were like, oh, I fucked up last night. I don't know how yeah. I, I fucked up. Yeah, I've I've thought that, but I've also heard what I just said, and it, it's I think that's more the truth. I we're after. You know what I mean? Like after our show, was there any uh, drunked up, drunked up people that you were like, uh, <laughs> that you were like, oh man, they really fucked up? Yeah. No, there wasn't. 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 I'll no. take a, co- a coffee, please, Ben. Um, I got, I got something interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I got something interesting. Do you ever hear of? Uh, so my friend has this weird phobia. He was telling me about. You guys ever hear this? It's called submechanophobia. No? No. So I was telling him about how much fun I had uh, scuba diving. And he's like, I don't think I could do that. And he's like, look, I I love like sharks and I love watching like Shark Week and shark videos. But when I'm watching that, if there's ever, I see like like anything man-made, you can pull up the definition of submechanophobia. Anything man-made underwater there's this big phobia that people have when they see it. They it gives them like the like their hair will stand up on end, and stuff. And uh, the official definition is submechanophobia is the fear of man-made objects that are submerged underwater. Right. So yeah, exactly what Mick said. Right. Man-made objects. Yeah, yeah. You got them a little whipped cream over this. there. Look at this. This is a this is a Benjamin Castro latte right, right. here. So my friend has uh has submechanophobia, and it got me thinking. Like uh, I I I have I have. Like one, I have a thing that I can make my hair stand up on end too, and I'll do it. I'll I'll do it for you guys right now. Talking about it. That chickophobia. <laughs> my so mine is uh, if I'm like in a car, right, and and if you were like scratch the ceiling of a car. Ooh. Like like it's like I think it's it's almost like a nails on the chalkboard nails kind on of thing. Chalkboard? But it's not a sound. It's the feeling of like your fingers. Mm. Like t- if someone if if and if you did this, I don't care how fast you're driving, I'd punch you right in the face probably. <laughs> If you try and use this against me, no, I know. I'll, I'll strike you. But uh, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I will fuck you up to make you stop. I'll break the fingers. Mm. But if if someone like in the car wanted to like go, can you see this? Mm. Can you see this? My my hair is standing up on end right now. Just talking about that mm. shit. So do you have anything like that that you yes, can make your I have like two? I have two. And 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 I. I I promise yeah. I won't use any of this against you. Uh, it's <laughs> somebody who chews on uh, like tinfoil. All right. That one. That one. I like. I. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like. Like somebody will take like. Um, <laughs> I. My sister used to do it when I was young. Like she would like take the 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 tin off of like a yogurt. Yeah. And then like put it in her mouth like like she had a grill. And, yeah. Like, I, 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 I get. So... I get that. I, I get that. Like yeah. I think uh, some people's like with like teeth touching like forks. Oh. The idea of like teeth oh. hitting like the pavement, like yeah. that, that really like bothers people. Yes. Um. I I could I could chew some tin foil and be fine. You could probably scratch a ceiling of a fucking car, and meanwhile I'd yeah. be. Whew, my. Uh. The other one that that gets me um, 
violently angry is um, progressive liberal sanctimony. I think we have a video of that, Benjamin, from the Tonys uh, this you, weekend. You, you use that as a segue, huh? It's called, it's called a segue, folks. I do hate these people so much. Hey, what about you guys? You guys got any phobias first? I'm, I'm not done with phobias yet. Because I think, I, I think there's something. This, I think there's something I, this I, I get, does get, we will, get my we blood will do boiling. It. You got, you, you, with Segway, for sure, we'll, we'll hit it. But it gets but my do you blood guys boiling. have any? Uh, I don't have any specifically, but I have a friend who has uh, cosmemophobia. Do you want to know what that is? A hundred percent I do. That is the fear of women wearing jewelry. Whoa. He's just a, he's just a cheap Jew. Tough. Come on, Omri. <laughs> ah, I wish he wasn't Jewish, but he is. Ugh, like a halfie or oh, something. I ben, the buyer, the jewelry. Christian, it's, it's you guys depreciating have something? Asset. You guys have something for me? Go ahead and turn that camera on yourself, boys. <laughs> Show your beautiful oh, faces all huddled together. Wow. Hey, you guys match the shirts? Yeah, oh, that's okay. cute. I that's really cute. didn't want to turn the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize until right now. <laughs> Ben's got it open, so it's a little <laughs> different. Super, right. super gay, guys. <laughs> all right. That's cool. for sure. Nails on a chalkboard for me. It's kind of a classic. Now, one what do you everybody. think it is? It's not the sound. It's the it's, feeling. It's, it's like the, the, it? the, the fingers on the script, right? It's like the fingers doing it. It's not really your nails. It's almost like the, I think it's more the fingertips. It's but yeah, it is a, you're right. It is a little. It's a sensation. Yeah. I think the sound for me is uh, like I like to cook. So whenever I'm like cutting or something, and I hear it on the plate, it just oh, like that scrape, like the, the fork scrape, on the, the on a plate, like the scraping. Yeah. But even but it, it's worse when I scrape. You know what I'm saying? If mm -hmm. I'm if I hear it, it's a little different. But if I do it, like the action of it, yeah. so I think it's similar so, to like okay. how you're talking the, about the, the feel. The it's feel. a feel thing. Exactly. And I wonder what that shit comes from because I feel like the that, uh, like nails on chocolate are so common. I don't like hair. That on, is also on a that is called arms. is that? But that's not like a phobia. It's no, more that's like just, a preference. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna say, Omri? Uh, the nails on the chalkboard thing is called uh, misophonia, mm. and it seems to come from a generalized anxiety. I'm reading about it now. Mm. All right. Speaking of hair, though, there is. Uh, are you familiar with Violet Summers? Nah. Big fan. Big fan of old Violet Summers. What she's, is she? Uh, she's like an Instagram model, porn star, OnlyFans girl, whatever. But she has started this trend of, um, I think they call it mohawking. Have you heard of this? Nah. Mohawking. It's where um, they, they have a, a line of pubic hair that protrudes above the top of uh, the bikini. Oh, like to the happy trail? No, no. It's just a, an extra small bikini. Go ahead and pull up Violet Summers, guys. Right, Go ahead and pull up thing. Violet Summers. Well, oh, this segue we can do, though. This, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's no, more no, no, pu no pushback on this segue. You know, segue. we'll do your, your progressive liberal thing, I promise. Mm-hmm. You just want a picture of her or Instagram? Go ahead, pull up the Instagram. It's it's a worthwhile catalog. It's a, it's worthwhile a catalog. It's a catalog worth perusing. And she's a brilliant libertarian girl on top of it. Uh, yeah, there's old uh, there's old Violet right there. Now you got to look for uh, the very specific um, mohawk. Oh, very pretty girl. The uh, very specific mohawking that we're talking about. It's probably going to be up there on the left, the top left there. I don't uh, you know I haven't memorized down, down, down one more. Yeah, her fourth post, she has a mohawk in it. She's mohawking. Why don't you get my fat ass off the uh, screen there and go ahead and, and pull up Violet? You're less fat ass. Yeah. Is she mohawking? Oh, I like the cellulite. You know, oddly enough, as I've gotten older, I kind of like that. I'm digging it. 
I'm into it. Is she oh, yeah, I see it. There it is. There it is. So she's All right. she is a, a trend center, an innovator, a pioneer, if you will, of this uh, mohawking trend. I'm sure we can find another uh, video uh, clip or or a um I feel a like picture, when it's, when it's like thin like was, that, yeah. it's like it, it, it's a little sexy. So I, when, I, it's, when it's like thin like that and well kempt, I was like, there's not an M in that at word. At first, I was like, uh, oh my god, you know, she posted this. They, does she know? <laughs> oh, she know. Then yeah. I saw her post it multiple times. Oh, she's doing this on purpose. And I was like, wow, that is something I've not seen before. Yeah. And now I wonder if I see that in person, would that be as attractive? Because I feel like in person, and I'll tell you why. Some of the stuff I've seen in Miami, which is basically like, like shoestrings bikinis, right? Sure. It's not attractive in person. It's like it's a little like eh, cover up a little bit. What I like <laughs> is the big where they do the 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 shoestring bikini, but then they do like that little lace coverall. <laughs> nice. Oh, there we go. Oh, She's wow. mohawking. Yeah. We're, right. we're, we're mohawking. Now, my concern here. Is that um, we gotta get some actual mohawks? Go do a scalping. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go scalp them. Nah, I mean I, Put I don't. Some scalps. I'm I'm bone I'm, I'm like I'm like you too, bro. From the or I'm not. Maybe I'm I'm not. But I from the eyebrows down. I want the girl to pretty much be relatively hairless. Yeah, let's. You know what I mean, have some hair on your head and, and uh, eyebrows. Mm-hmm. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Then the rest of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But are, are you a are you a Bush guy? No, Clinton. Uh, I kind of like that. I like that. I like the landing strip. I'm a landing strip guy. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. If it's you know, I was with a girl one time, man. She was like, she was like a Hawaiian tropic model too. She was baddie, and she had like hair around her nipples. Oh yeah. She was very, very self conscious about it. Very self conscious about it. But I was like, um, so what do we do here? Do we do we shave this? Yeah, do you pluck them? How how much? How thick of hair are we talking about here? It was like uh, it was some, like it was like a ring. Some, of, it was like a mustache. Seen, she had like seen, double D oh, boobs, really? and it was like a, like a ring around. Oh, the she nipple. gotta like wax that shit. I know. She I she claimed it was know. it was like it's an adverse preference. effect from her birth control. People also, by the way, and now we're gonna get killed if I talk about this because we're two straight white males. How dare we? Uh, but birth control is wild, man. What like what birth control does hormonal got to be very specific hormonal birth control what it does to women is wild yeah have you have you read into this at all uh yeah it's insane yeah it's insane it and, and crazy I, I I hope that because of what happened over the last two years three years really with the pharmaceutical industry and and, and the medical industry I hope people start really reevaluating everything that they that they took as kind of gospel from these authorities. And um, I was in pharma sales for a little bit, as you know, and I was taking these doctors out on a, uh, on a, this is, my job was basically to entertain these doctors. Right, like wine and dine them. Wine and dine them. And um, my girlfriend at the time, she had just moved in, and it was like Jekyll and Hyde. We moved in together. I love this girl. She was the greatest girl ever. And then we moved in together turned into a completely different human being and she's screaming at me over the phone and these doctors are like oh oh, trouble in paradise and i'm like bro this is crazy she's been like this for like a week man and they asked they were like has is she on birth control and i said well it's weird you asked that because she just switched to this stuff called yaz and they all started laughing they were like "Uh oh that's why that's a crazy pill my friend and then they were they went into explaining to me like what uh 
like what the function of this hormonal birth control is and it's it's asinine it's crazy if if you have this dad baby grunk you got i don't know if you've seen this guy he's insane you know trying to get his his kid like to to the nfl even though he's eight years old he's basically the dad of spike from little giants if this guy starts putting his kids on hormones on steroids from the time he's 12 years old he's gonna end up in jail we do that to girls every day all across the country, mm. they have acne or they have a, they, their period early. The period tough, yeah. So we put them on these hormones, and they microdose. They microdose hormones for the next 15, 16, 17, 18 years of their. So they're lives. ready to have a kid. Now here's what's crazy. Then they go back on it. What's nuts about it is that this is the craziest part. What they're finding out now is that it affects who they are attracted to and how they react. So there's this idea and there's this theory that they are being on birth control makes you more attracted to effeminate men because it tricks your body into thinking that you're pregnant. So you want to stay away from anybody who would be aggressive, or... an aggra- a threat to your unborn child, even wow. though you're not pregnant. So these women who have been on this for their whole lives, they're with this five foot six, 125 pound docile guy, you know, with his Warby Parkers and his I'm with her t-shirt and they get married. She gets off birth control because she wants to have a kid. Within six months, she looks at this guy and is disgusted by him because that's not what she's attracted to whatsoever anymore. And it happens so often. People Now, every feminist in the world is going to come after me for this, but I'm telling you right now, don't believe me. Do your own research. There's some wild shit with hormonal birth control. The way it changes who people are attracted to, the way it changes people's entire personalities, the way it's it's some wild stuff. And the fact that we have so many women across the country on this from such a young age is something that needs to be reevaluated immediately. Yeah. You want to hit your other segue now? Sure. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking of crazy feminists, this was at the Tonys, which I know nobody watches. What is the Tonys? I like the uh, stage acting. Yeah, yeah, it's for it's, yeah, it's the Broadway Awards. So t- take a look at this thing. 2023 Excellence in Theater Education Award. And while I am certain that the current Grand Wizard, I'm sorry, excuse me, Governor of my home state of Florida, will be changing. Is that a boo and then a clap? No, it would sound like one boo and then, oh, they got oh music my God, in the let's... background? Yes, you go, girl. Stand up and it... clap, racists. It so... sounded like, ooh, not ooh, boo. It sounded it like, like, ooh, she went there. She yeah. said that. Huh. The, these, these, I don't understand this idea where these people really see themselves as the good guys. It annoys me to no end. Hate Ron DeSantis for his policies. Hate Trump for his policies, sure. Trump says dumb shit, sure. But this idea that these smug, rich, elitist motherfuckers are somehow the good guys and better than everybody else is asinine to me. And then on top of it, it is it, it's it, it, it's so it's such an abusive gaslighting for this room full of Democrats to call somebody else a grand wizard when it was the Democratic Party that started the KKK. Right, but the parties change, right? Did they? That's one of the, that's that's one of the biggest lies ever told in history that the parties change. So now really? we're supposed to believe that FDR was really a Republican. Uh, oh, FDR, by the way, who took Asians of any 
nationality and throw them in a camp for two years. That was because of a Pearl concentration Harbor, camp. right? Sure. Yeah. Koreans. No, it's not cool. Koreans who hate the Japanese because of the Japanese have been raping Korea for years were thrown in camps because they look like. Right, right, yeah, asinine. But now, it's like this—it's this this woke projection of everything that we are. We accuse you of being, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of even tolerating it. I'm sick of people like not calling it out for what it is. What that shit is—that is fucking gaslighting. What that is—that—that's somebody who should be like shunned from society for accusing somebody that they disagree with politically of being the worst human being you could possibly be not just a racist the grand wizard racist yeah the head honcho racist head honcho racist DeSantis is Hitler Trump is Hitler Putin's Hitler how many Hitlers are there there's so many Hitlers now a lot of Hitlers huh so many Hitlers that does, so that you 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 watch that and it you it regi- doesn't register to you as like you're like eh, whatever just another day in paradise what when you watch something like that, does any? Does I don't it, know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're reading. That's or may, maybe what propaganda they're getting that's making them think this. Mm-hmm. Well, because there's something with uh, abortions, right? Yeah. Well, they, they they won't they won't let uh, <laughs> they won't let they claim it's anti LGBTQ and anti black to not allow pedophilic and communist rhetoric in the books. Well, the the, specifically, the the Grand Wizard statement came from DeSantis uh, allegedly appointing people who have been all right with the KKK in the past. That's like the context for that. Which has A, been debunked, and B, I'm not running PR for DeSantis. So this by saying it's been debunked, that means that there was something that at least was out there that they must have seen. Sure, but Joe Biden was stumped by people who were actual grand wizards stumped yeah the people people did stump for him they went out and they 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 canvassed for him and advocated for him and donated to his campaign yeah actual what the guy's name was bird i think right you can look that up real quick question but like this is like literal joe biden literal kkk members i think he i think he spoke at the funeral of one of them But, but you don't hear that right these people are propagandists, man. These people are bought and paid for shills, and they sit here on high talking down to the rest of us, and I'm sick and fucking tired of it. Tired uh, of that, it. That has actually been debunked. He never spoke at a at a uh, like the eulogy of Robert Byrd. Well, what was he doing? What was his relationship with Robert Byrd? Uh, reading about it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know Cor- Corn Pop was a bad dude, right? I don't know Corn Pop. Fact check. Joe Biden eulogized Robert Byrd. However, he was not a KKK grand wizard. So this claim is partly false. So through various prominent politicians eulogized Byrd at his funeral, the senator was never the grand wizard of the KKK, although he has acknowledged and apologized for membership during his youth. There you go. That's that's how we do fact checks in America, by the way. It's hey, it's ninety nine percent true, so it's clearly false. Fucking grotesque. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got to take us out on here, Mick? Do we have anything from the comments before we go? Uh, nothing from the comments. They said they're just enjoying the episode. Oh, very good. Well, I'm glad. 
You're welcome. Yep. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Big, big episode on Friday. The live episode comes out Friday. You guys can hear Omri's great set in addition to everybody else's stuff. And uh, we got some big guests coming up soon. So we got a lot of cool yeah, stuff coming got, up real uh, soon. Yeah, should we should we should we tease it? Also, take a look at what I'm you can what you this. can do soon if you can. Check out the t-shirt over here. If you want a t-shirt, hit us up in the comments. Hit us up. Twenty-five bucks. We'll send them wherever you, you want. See, That's G got my little intro pretty, made into a shirt. You pretty Mickey Gall. Absolutely. On the front side, you got the the slick and thick logo. Slick and thick. America's favorite podcast. Catch yours today. Hit us up a DM. We'll send you out one. Appreciate you. For the guys here at Podcast Junkies for Gas Digital Back Home, I am Gerard Michaels. That is Mickey Gall. This has been Slick and Thick, and we will see you on Friday. Later, guys. Peace.